Welcome to the Path to Partnership podcast. Hear from partners of global, national, and boutique firms as they share their journey of becoming a partner. I'm your host, Steve Cole, and this series is brought to you by Signature Consulting. Welcome to another episode of the Path to Partnership podcast, a podcast where I, Steve Cole, get to interview partners and directors of professional services firms about their individual journey to becoming a partner and what it takes to get there, but also how to build and sustain a successful practice. Today, my guest is Mitch Stone, Executive Director and Head of Accounting at Quantico, a rapidly growing boutique advisory firm who specialize in the hospitality industry. Welcome to the pod, Mitch, and thanks for agreeing to do this podcast. Yeah, cheers, Steve. As always, I'll begin at the beginning. Um, for you, why accounting? What got you into it? Look, my father was an accountant, <laughs> so <laughs> nothing exciting there. So you had no choice. Had no choice. <laughs> my brother's an accountant, or one of them are. Yeah, my mother was a teacher. My father's an accountant. We had a pretty good childhood, and um, I think that's just followed in his footstep, footsteps. Excellent. Excellent. So you went to Newcastle Uni, studied accounting? Yes, um, majored in commerce and finance, and, and then then you moved to Lawler's. Was that your first? Lawler job? Partners. So yeah. they were one of the biggest firms in Newcastle at the time. Um, I actually went for a position there prior to starting university, so doing it part time. But then decided to go on a gap year instead. So um, I re- revisited them after finishing university and landed a job there in Newcastle. So tell me about those early days, from a graduate accountant up to before you then went overseas. But yeah, tell me about the early days at Lawless. Yeah, so Lawless is a great foundation. Um, they had audit, business advisory, specialised tax team, um, superannuation. I started in the business advisory team. Um, they were very traditional back then um, and it was a great grounding. So I remember one of the first weeks, my bank rec was out by 20 cents and I got made to stay back and find the 20 cents. <laughs> <laughs> I love um, the old school. Yeah. yeah. And I think it just, it gives you a good, um, good, uh, grounding for going forward. Not that I ever use those skills anymore, but it's just good to know that, you know, you've got that background. Um, so yeah, it was a traditional route. I stayed there, um, in Newcastle, did my, um, chartered accountancy in Newcastle, um, and worked my way up, I think through to about a senior, yep. um, and then I moved to the Law Partners office in Sydney. Okay. That was about 2008. Um, supervisor there, then manager, and then, yeah, decided on um, other things. We went overseas in yeah. 2010. So tell me a little bit about that. What, what made you go overseas? Was it a conscious decision as part of your career journey to do something like that? Yeah, definitely. Um, I knew I wanted to be in chartered accounting, but we wanted the overseas experience. My wife and I were looking to go over in about 2008 after I finished my chartered accountancy, which probably was a few years before that. However, the GFC kind of hit and we were, we lagged a little bit. Um, and then we got married in 2010 and we decided that if we we're ever going to do it, now's the time. Mm. Kid free. Um, <laughs> good time to go over. Yep. We had the money to get the jobs, to have the money to travel and um do what you want to do over there so as opposed to going over early in your career when you're probably getting paid less and you're doing longer hours so um and i wanted to try something different i thought if i'm going to do it now it's time to do it um and i was doing a bit of valuations bit of valuation work um and corporate finance work at the time okay um so when i went over i kind of looked for specific roles in that area and landed at man investments so 
um, was great career change at the time. A lot of people around similar age, um, offices on the Thames. Nice. Play hard, work hard yeah. mentality. Um, learned a lot of new skills doing that, um, which I've brought back to my yeah. career today. So, And so what was it about that opportunity that was attractive? Why didn't you go to a, another chartered accounting firm? Um, I did look at it. I think I was looking at uh, KPMG and a few of the big four at the time. Um, but I, quite, I, and I was going for roles in that area. And then I thought, well, I may as well try something different while I'm here. Um, and it just it kind of landed on my plate, actually. I wasn't looking too much at the investment area, but yeah. when it came along, I, you know, it was something I hadn't really thought about and I jumped at it. So um, it was actually by chance, really. Yeah. Yeah. And how long were you over there for? Uh, just shy of four years. Okay. So we came back 2014. Okay. And what was the driver to come back? Was that always the plan? It was always a plan. Um, once you get into the London lifestyle, it's hard to move back. And yep. There's no real um, catalyst that um, makes you want to come back. You build a life over there. But we wanted to have kids at some stage in the not too uh, distant future. Um, and I got offered a job. I was in close contact with the f at PKF, all the partners at the time. Um, and they were starting up a division around hospitality. Yep. Um, and so I said, okay, if the, uh, the timing's right, another six months in London, the position's the right fit, then I'll do it. And that, it all came to pass. So yeah, six months later, we're back in Sydney. So, um, and so yeah, you and rejoined them, they were still Lawler partners. You joined them as a manager, is that right? I was a senior manager senior coming manager. back. Yeah. Um, they'd just taken on the PKF brand. Yeah. So, um, that was another good thing just with the larger footprint across Australia better branding um yeah and look my wife had to kind of drag her back a little bit but just <laughs> <laughs> but once we got back we had children pretty early on and yeah you know your lifestyle changes yeah. in London um, with kids you're not traveling and doing the things you want to do so yeah it was definitely the right move excellent um so tell me about when the conversations were happening around your path to partnership you rejoined in 2014 at what point were you starting to have those conversations pretty early on i think yep. even uh, um when i was talking about going for the role i you know made it clear that that was my ambition mm -hmm. and it, it always was i think i looked up to my dad um he was a managing partner at his firm and he you know you kind of have a great lifestyle once you own the business you can kind of create your own journey yeah um so even when i was a younger accountant i was i kind of made it clear to the partners at the time and the management that that's where I was headed. Um, so I think that's an important thing to do is make sure the people above you know where you want to go because um, they're the ones who are going to help you get there. Yeah. And so when you were having those conversations as a senior manager, what were you told you needed to work on to get there? What obviously you had probably great advice from your father and your brother and so on, but but what would what were you consciously working on to 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 get there? It's really owning the client so building up you've got a client base it's not yours it's another partner but really building those relationships with um the clients that you work for and making them your own if they're coming to you for advice um as their first option then really they're yours um and the more of clients you can get like that the bigger bigger profile you have and then you pretty much segment uh, bringing a segment of the clients from that partner underneath you so 
And then when you get beaten, big enough, then you've got the, you know, the story to tell that, you know, I'm already doing it. So you're building the business case. You're building the business case. Yeah. Exactly. Um, yeah. And from a, a, I suppose, a personal development perspective, what were you doing from a personal branding perspective? Because I hear a lot that, you know, on that path to partnership, personal branding is so important. What were you specifically doing? Um, yes, social media wasn't as big as it, as it is now, yeah. so I wasn't, and I still am probably not <laughs> <laughs> pushing myself enough on the social media scene. But um, look, I did a lot with chartered accountants, so um, I've written tax exams, I've facilitated um, tax modules, I got really heavily involved in marking, so I was really um, pretty active in, in that side of things. Um, and then anything that came through work with the CA program, um, with building processes and procedures at the time, I really put my hand up for anything that came along, just taking any opportunity that I could. And then some, also some board positions came up. So I was pretty active in trying to get on a board here or there. So, um, anything I could do, I was pretty, even if it probably was to my detriment or the, yeah, from a time <laughs> perspective, from time perspective. Yeah. I um I did it and still try to do that as much as possible. Yeah, the the board thing is is interesting because a few people have have mentioned that from a you know a, a personal branding perspective, but also a network perspective. How is that the boards that you've been involved in, such as the Racing Owners Association? What how has that sort of benefited your um your brand? Yeah, well, I guess it gives you another feather in the hat, but it also, as you said, um, you get to meet a lot of new, yeah, different people in different industries um, that have that are normally quite successful if they're um, sitting on the board. So you learn a lot about other industries and how they've succeeded, um, and then you get made, you get introduced to their network as well, um, and then you eventually pick up work from it. So, so you benefited from from doing that stuff, definitely. Yeah, okay. Um, and what about the importance of of mentoring? Because I know you know talking to you previously about you being a, a partner and how you mentor your staff how did that benefit you on your journey to partner so obviously you would have had your dad from a, an external perspective but was yeah. there anyone else externally was there anyone internally in particular um there was a few yeah the managing partner internally um was a mentor to me which is great because he knew where i was coming from he yep. knew the pathway for me to get there so that was definitely beneficial um I guess having that external mentor, so as you said, my dad definitely was, um, and a lot of my good mates obviously going to uni were in similar positions to me. Um, one of them is a managing partner in another accounting firm, so he's definitely someone I can relate to and understands the accounting um, landscape. So he's definitely somebody I use as a sounding board fairly often, um, just getting that outside perspective, you know, different different lens i guess yeah it comes from and it's also good to have people outside of the accounting um arena as well um because they always always look at something differently than you do most yeah. accountants think pretty similar yeah um so i definitely recommend having a few different mentors um both inside the accounting um vocation and outside as well yeah. it's the same with um mentoring staff so you know the staff are going to make you succeed uh, make your business succeed so it's definitely giving back to them and helping them through their journey and then also other people that are, aren't accountants um, need mentors as well and you can offer a different insight to than what they're probably used to getting from their from their managers and whatnot yeah 
yeah, good advice. And from a a business development perspective, how how did you tackle that? Because obviously, you know, from a, a you know business case, from that kind of you know, usually you, you get a fee based target that you've got to hit, and then if you hit it, you get partner. How, how did you tackle that as a as a challenge? Yeah, look, it was a challenge. I'm not someone that goes out and does a hard sell. Um, there's partners in our office that do that, and that they're great at it and they love it. <laughs> it's, it's definitely not me. Yeah, um, but I think if you do a good job um, with your clients, um, uh, all of my clients now have asked for referrals. Yeah, okay. So that's the way I've probably put my time into it. Do a good job and then ask the questions. They're always if you're doing good work, they're willing to. Um, to ask around for you um, and it's probably something that people don't often do or don't think to do so I'm, I do it quite often if there's any um, new contacts that they have it's also putting time in your diary to do it so you've really got set aside time to do business development because doing your day-to-day job um, they're not going to land on your on your doorstep unless you actually go out and look yeah. for them so I think these days you've got to put time into doing social media doing podcast yeah <laughs> <laughs> um, updating your LinkedIn and things like that, or whatever, whatever kind of avenue that you enjoy doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do. I, I I hear that a lot, and and I think business development has moved on from you know that cold calling, picking up the phone, and making a load of phone calls. I think you know in terms of the different areas, you know, your social media, your, your personal profile, you know, writing papers and commenting on 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 you know relevant articles and all that sort of stuff is all really important it doesn't necessarily have to be picking up the phone and calling you know 20 people a day yeah definitely yeah time's definitely changed in that um aspect it's helped that we've kind of uh we've at the end here like the last 10 years have gone down the hospitality route so yeah. we've really specialized in what we do so we can really tailor who we're who we're going after yeah as a, which makes it easier because you you know the targets as opposed to if you're just um, a general accountant. Yes. Everyone's your target. Yes. Um, so it does make it easier in that aspect. So when did you make partner? What year? Good question. Um, 2019. Yeah. And how did you feel? Pretty good at the time. <laughs> <laughs> I think we went to Rockpool and I had the most expense, expensive steak good I've had. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Um, but it re- I probably realized pretty quickly that I'd always been using that as the pedestal. Yeah. Um, and then when you get there, nothing really changes because yep. you're already doing it. Yeah. So I think it's just another stepping stone. I think um, it's great to make partner, but then it's what's next and how do you drive your business forward and continue to do that. So you always want to be learning. So there's always that next challenge that you've got to be setting yourself. Yeah. So that's probably one thing that. I didn't realize I'd always just set myself on partnership, but then you get there and go, oh, well, yeah. it's not really that different. To, yeah. You're yeah. probably working a lot more on the business than in the business. Oh, sorry, in the business than um, doing the work. Yeah. So a lot more around HR, making sure your own accounts are in order. Yeah. Um, yeah. And business development, things like that. So, and, you know, tell us about Quantico, because obviously, from a, an outsider looking in, it's a new brand. It's, you know, been around for what, 18 months, not even probably. Yeah. Tell me about it. So look, um, it, it came out of PKF. Yep. So we set up a division, PKF Hospitality. Um, when I first came back from London, uh, 2014, we were really specializing 
in a certain area. We we're looking at franchises, but we had a fair few pub clients um, on the books. And all the cloud-based technology was starting to come out. So we thought, how can we be doing, how can we be giving our clients better information? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's where it really began. We were doing all of our other clients on the side and just trying to build up the pub portfolio. Um, we created a platform of cloud-based technology um, to deliver our service. And as it grew, we kind of pushed our other clients off to other partners um, and really specialised in that industry. So it was PKF Hospitality um, until 18 months ago mm. when, look, COVID hit. Obviously, the hospitality sector got hit pretty yeah. hard, but we pivoted pretty quickly. Um, all the data that we had, we um, we could see what people were paying for different aspects of their business, be it insurance, um, interest on their loans and whatnot. And so we created two new divisions. We created an insurance division yep. um, and we created a, a debt division, um, which have both been around now for 18 months and going really, really well. And we've also really, um, really gone down the route of information technology. So we've got 12 people, I think, in our technology team in Sydney yeah, right. at the moment um, and using the data that we have um, to build better products for our clients so they can either make more money or save money. So with all those different changes, we're no longer an accounting firm. The largest part of our um, offering is advisory in our platform services. Yep. But we just wanted to rebrand from PKF because there's so many more things that we're, our business is doing now. So we spun it off um, into Quantico. Yeah. But you're still part of the PKF. We're still business. connected. We're yeah, still connected. connected to PKF, but. Um, yeah, we're moving further and further away with the more we're going down yeah. the non-traditional accounting route. And and so your clients are big, large pub groups or a mix of small to large? or It's a bit of a mix. Um, I could probably count on one hand how many single venue yeah, operators okay. we have. Yeah. Most of them are groups. Yeah. Most of them are still in New South Wales. Um, we're really pushing to Queensland and in Adelaide, the other states, um, and winning a lot of business there. Newcastle, I mean, New, New South Wales was easy just because the proximity of where we are. Yeah. Um, and so we've got most of the larger groups in um, New South Wales at the moment. And so looking at further afield. And you were eighth in the Deloitte fastest 50 businesses, fastest 100? We were. So that's yes. pretty impressive. Yeah, well, we've grown quite quite, yeah. quite quickly. It's been um, over quite a journey the last few years, um, creating new businesses from scratch and then, yeah, getting them, having them grow pretty rapidly. Um, and then there's a lot of cross-sell between what we do as well. So yeah. we've taken on the insurance clients, a lot of those aren't advisory clients, so there's that cross-sell opportunity for us as well. So we're really just going after the hospitality market yeah. now. Yeah, great. And look, you know, from a from my perspective, a talent perspective, I think having a business that does offer something a bit different from your traditional chartered accounting, you know, that fast growing boutique feel is, is, is attractive. So, um, yeah, I think, I think you'll go well. Yeah. Yeah. And we've uh, now got a few people from industry. So yeah, we're moving offices because I think the accounting environment, um, the culture is a little bit different to what they're expecting when they first joined. So, um, yeah, they come in working in venue to working in an accounting firm was a bit of a shock to the system for them. So we're looking at different spaces now where we can merge those two cultures together. And yeah. So going back to um, the, the sort of path to partnership, what is the best piece of advice you can give to aspiring partners? Um, look, I think it's 
making it known that you want to be a partner, that that's the career path that you're choosing. Um, because the people who are going to help you get there are the other partners in the firm yep. and the managers around you. So um, if they don't know that, there's no, you know, they're not going to know that you want to get there and to help you along the path. Um, Delegation is a big thing as well. You've got to have the right staff around you and be able to hand off things when you're a partner. A lot of your time is spent delegating, so talking to clients and then pushing the work out. And those skills you don't learn when you become a partner. You've got to learn them along the way. So making sure um, you can get the best out of staff underneath you and make sure that you're pushing off work that's that you can do quite easily onto them because without you doing that, they're not going to grow either. So you really need the staff underneath you to get the partner. And in terms of, you know, obviously we're in a, a market and an economy that 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 is potentially turning. We we might have some tough times ahead. What is the best piece of advice you'd give to new partners in in building their business and and building their practice in the current climate? It's probably offering something a little bit different. Um, like we specialise, you don't have to go down that, that far, but I think it's important to differentiate yourself and you've got to put that time aside to build your brand and to put and do business development. So um, as I said, it's not going to land on your doorstep. You really have to put time into um, going out and getting clients and doing that the best way that you can. So if you're always social media, great, go down that avenue. Um, but making yourself a little bit different to everybody else that's doing it. So easier said than done. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you just have to put time aside to build your build your client base up and your own brand and profile. Yeah, and, and where do you see the market going? What's your, you know, whether that's generally or within the hospitality industry, what what do you see in the next sort of twelve to eighteen months? Oh, look, it's definitely going to be challenging with interest rates rising. Um, you know, the government uh, or the RBA are making people spend less. That's the point of putting interest rates up. Yeah. So. Um, there's going to be less money out there. Um, definitely hospitality industry, we're saying you need to go and get your customers. Um, they're not just going to turn up, which is exactly what I'm saying about accounting as well. Yeah. Um, you need to offer them something different, somewhere that they want to spend their money. Um, there's less money going around, you want them in your venue. Um, costs are also going up, wages are going up. So it's definitely a harder environment to run a business. Um, but I think we'll all be better for it out of the long term. Yeah. Um, yeah, it is going to be challenging, but I think we're, the market's in a pretty strong position. Yeah. Um, so I'd, I think we'll probably have a hard year, but we should come out of it pretty well. A short-term pain. Yeah. And even with hospitality, we're saying it could benefit them a little bit in that people are probably spending, instead of spending that high-end, going to a high-end restaurant, they might go to the pub instead yeah. on a Friday night as opposed to yeah. spending their money. Yeah, of course. So could benefit the pubs yeah. in some respect. They do say pubs are recession-proof, so yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he helps yeah, my clients. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's true. We haven't had one for about 32 years. So. <laughs> we'll see. Well, look, Mitch, thank you for your time today. I really appreciate it. I think, you know, we've obviously known each other a long time and, and, and seeing you kind of go from, I think when we met, you were a supervisor, manager to, to partner and then this new exciting venture with Quantico is awesome and I think you're going to go really well. And I think your journey will particularly resonate with people that have worked in the same firm that might have an eye on a move to get to partner, but actually, you know, sometimes sticking with something and, you know, obviously having the time and the investment 
um, with the one firm can can pay dividends, and and I think that you, you know your your testament to that. Yeah, definitely. I appreciate you having me today. Good. Thanks. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Path to Partnership podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe. Follow the show for future episodes and leaving a review helps others find the podcast. Visit signatureconsulting.com.au to find out more about us. 